she wrote, his gradual change from being dedicated to God and being mm-hmm. dedicated to the cause was of concern. The cause has become so important that he will go to any means to protect it, and he will not allow anything or anyone to stop it. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Christina. And this is the Reclamation Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to our first few episodes of Season 3 thus far. At the beginning of the season, we spoke about a book called The Discipling Dilemma. I want to put that book on pause just for a little bit. I want to discuss another document. The document is called Sue Condon's Diary. I came across this document as it was recommended to me. In this diary, a woman named Sue Condon writes about her experience as a leader in what was called the Boston Movement at that time. She tells the story of someone who witnessed controlling methods. She tells the story of a woman who had her life altered and influenced by the church. She tells the story of a woman who was in an organization that controlled every facet of her life. After reading it, I found it to be, like so many other documents, worthy of discussion. I think that sometimes as members or former members, we think that our conclusions about this church are new and undiscovered and unchartered. However, when reading documents and hearing testimonies that go back over 30 years, we might begin to realize that the issues that we are discussing are not new at all, nor are they isolated. Instead, our stories and concerns are part of a larger collective that spans generations. So after reading Sue Condon's diary for myself, I decided to to send it over to Christina, one of our co-hosts. And I said, what do you think of this? And when I came across it, I believe I sent it to you right away. I was like, you've got to read this. You did. And your response might have been like, what's he talking about now? <laughs> what's he talking about now? Right? Like, what is what is this? He's already gotten me reading this book. He's already gotten me reading these quotes. Yeah, because you're all about the, these resources. I was like, man, you know, Aldo's got the homework. <laughs> I've got <laughs> assigning homework to everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but it was worth it. I think so. I, and that's why I was like, you've got to see this. And and so for the audience, so the document that we were talking about is Sue Condon's diary. I'll leave a link uh, for the document in the description to this episode. And, oh, actually, the full name is Sue Condon's diary, The Emperor's New Clothes. And she released this reading in 1990. Now, let's talk about who she is. Sue Condon and her husband joined the Boston movement in 1984. Now, Christina, I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to I need to paint the picture for yes. the audience. Okay, so 1984. That's Purple Rain by Prince. I believe the movie and the album. Oh, they both came out the same year. I think it had to be. I don't know. I love be. that movie though. You love that movie? I did just because wow. I, I was a kid and it was so good. Okay, all right, there you go, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Private Dancer by Tina Turner. I'll take right. one. Private dancer, right? Uh, we got here. We go. Here we go. Here we go. This one's my favorite. Smooth operator by Sade. 
Yes. I mean, I mean, Ugh. that I song that on repeat as a kid. Just that song is a whole bop. First of all, what are you listening to these songs as a kid for? Purple Rain and 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 I listened to smooth everything operator. as a kid. My parents didn't believe in censorship. They just played <laughs> whatever they played. No doubt, no doubt. Right. So we had that. Um, Ghostbusters, the original, was out at the time. Dune, the original Dune was out, and yeah. I tried watching it and I couldn't. Like there was a scene where somebody spit on somebody and it looked like cornflakes, and I could never eat cornflakes again. It was disgusting. Ooh. It was disgusting. <laughs> but I'm sorry, audience. Anyway, anyway, so she and her husband became leaders in the church in Boston, uh, leaders in Nashville, Tennessee, and they've also spent time with the London Church, and I believe they were in some sort of leadership role there too i'm not too sure to what extent now they left in 1990 and in case you didn't know christina Mm, what happened then 1990 is when west germany won the world cup oh yeah oh yeah west germany west germany west germany and that was i believe that world cup was in italy and i believe they beat argentina for that one Anyhow, so this woman released a series of journal entries, right? That's what I would call this. It wasn't a book. It wasn't an essay. It was just a series of journal entries. That's what it looked like to me. What about you? I mean, that's, that's, I would characterize it the same way. She was definitely, you know, how you write your little dates and put everything in there. And it was very, very personal. Very personal, right? In in, an informal way, but well-written nonetheless. Well-written nonetheless. And- she talks about her interactions with certain leaders. She describes her feelings and her thoughts and what was happening at the time relating to certain decisions that were made. And she's really not just speaking as an observer. She's talking about as someone with a lived experience in this. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is different from the discipling dilemma. Because the men who wrote the discipling dilemma are writing as observers. Yes. And it just had a very different tone, you know, discipling dilemma. It was a study, you know, he had a a method. Yeah. He set out on this experiment. um, Nothing personal. It It wasn't personal. It was meant to be a very objective scientific method that was approached that was applied to this and hers. It was just, it was her diary. It was her journal. She was expressing how she was feeling in these different situations and, man yeah yeah and and she picked the term the emperor's new clothes Mm -hmm. and if i'm not mistaken that that situation refers to when somebody um believes or pretends to believe in the value of something that is actually worthless or less valuable than they perceive it to be Mm -hmm. and it also refers to a fear in which somebody doesn't want to point out the obvious truth that mm-hmm. is contrary to popular opinion or their own opinion, right? Yep. And so I think it's interesting that she would uh, she would pick that name for this. She would pick that name. I got some parts of this thing that I wanted to discuss, but was there was there anyone that anything that you had that was uh, that was glaring for you before I ask you? Because I'm curious to hear your thoughts on these. Oh, well, there are several things that that stuck out to me. I mean, 
one, just the tone. It was just so personal. You can tell this was never meant to be shared with anybody else. Oh, you know, this is. You got that impression. I thought it was meant to be for herself, you know, just because she was so vulnerable. She really talked about how hurt she was and how she felt. And, you know, she was very, I don't know. I don't think she would have said some of the things about the people that she interacted with if she intended to share. Did you, did you get the impression that it was meant to be shared? You, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. I, as you said that, that made, makes me think about something. It wasn't until I started to really uh, process my thoughts about the church, my critical thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because before I would always, you know, whatever critical thoughts I had, I'd keep to myself, and I definitely would not even say it to myself. You know, like I would just <laughs> maybe cognitive dissonance was a real thing. Yeah, and and the stuff that she wrote about, it's almost like because if ever I got to that moment where I was able to ex- clearly express what was wrong and what was bothering me, mm-hmm. I think I would have left. That's, I had never thought about it that way. Like, think about some of the stuff that she said. And it's like, well, that's that's scary. That's scary. It, so it's really would... scary. I mean, I think it's funny because there's, there's some real heavy themes that she addressed. But to me, it was like some of the little things that she said that struck me. Like, she was describing a scenario. And I'll read the quote. It kind of early in her her days. And she said, quote, We were told zone leaders, evangelists, and wives to play games and have fun. He -hmm. observed us um, to see if, one, we were really having fun. Two, we were playing to win. They believed that in order to be a leader, we needed to play games aggressively to win. He even pointed out at different times the people who were aggressive in the way they played. And to me, that just, that reads, well, first of all, I mean, there's so many ways to go. The, the, he, the he that she's talking about is the leader of the church. Yes. Yes, yes. And and just for the audience, I I the name was said in the journal. So if you read the journal, you will see the name. I just I left it out for the purpose of mm-hmm. of this conversation. But I feel like that to me that like it just reads like a journal entry. Like you come home and you had this experience and you're like, this is what happened. And I don't know if that cognitive dissonance happened at that point. Like that sounds very earlier on where she's kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is odd. This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. We were just supposed to be playing games. Yeah. 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 And, and they said, we're just playing for fun. And yet this seems like a test of some. I, wa- I wonder, I wonder what they were playing. Mm. It better not be Uno. <laughs> Cause I, I'm going to tell you right now. I, let me tell you, I was playing. I was playing Uno with, with Elena and our youngest son uh last week sometime and she she did something i knew she was gonna do it i knew she, I knew she was gonna do it because i i dropped down a, a draw two no our son dropped down a draw two uh-huh and then she dropped a draw two uh-huh to give me a draw four and i said no 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 ma'am that's not how this goes <laughs> so i went on my twitter account because Uno, Uno sent out a tweet last week. What? In which they had the specific rules about this stacking nonsense. And they were that like. That is. Oh, They were Lord. like, that is. They said, that's not a thing. It Uno is said a that. Thing. It it's, is not a thing. it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. You want me to send you that? You want me to send you that, you you, you send you that screenshot? 
Mm, matter of fact, I'm, 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 matter of fact you. that screenshot is going to be the cover for this episode. <laughs> what is this, this episode is going to be called Aggressive Uno. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to do that. I said, uh-uh, Missy Poo, this is how this is going down. Mm-mm-mm. So anyway, so I'm wondering, I'm wondering, like, what was, what, what, what were they playing? What kind of leader turns a game into a psychological test like that? Like, it's you're the leader of the church, and all of a sudden, it's like... It turned into oh, Hunger we, Games. It turned into oh Hunger Games. <laughs> and, then, and it was like, oh, are you going to compete? Or are you mm. going to surrender? Like, oh my God, we're just playing Uno. Or die. <laughs> Which one are you doing? Because to lose is to die. <laughs> right. But it's like the fact that that was so pervasive. Like, we kid about it, but you can't even play a game with other people without this, this brainwashing and testing happen. That's some pressure. That's interesting. That's that's interesting because it really speaks to the dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is that is was it exactly the way she wrote it or was it? Was it something similar? Because even if it's not exactly the way it didn't happen exactly the way she wrote it, and if it was similar, that's close enough to being alarming. It would be. It would be. But it seems like, I mean, that was one of the earlier entries. And so it seems like, you know, she probably wasn't far enough in for it to be a, mm. a time to leave. It was more like. Hmm. <sighs> I wonder if she wrote it at the time or if she wrote this in retrospect as things started to unfold. And she was like, you know what? There was this one time I remember. Wow. If so, she has your memory, not mine. I would not remember. She She had a date. (laughs) She did have a date. Like a specific date? There was like a date date? I don't know. I don't remember if it was a date or a year. I have to actually look that up now. Look, we're just playing Google before we digress too far. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Here's, Here's a quote from it. It said, she wrote, his gradual change from being dedicated to God and being mm-hmm. dedicated to the cause was of concern. The cause has become so important that he will go to any means to protect it, and he will not allow anything or anyone to stop it. When I hear that word, the cause, what was the cause, Christina? Conversion. 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 And it was all about converting people at... um Converting the world or evangelizing the world within a generation, mm-hmm. right? Which was never a biblical thing, but no. that's that's neither here nor there. I I feel comfortable saying this. I wasn't a disciple of Jesus. I was a disciple of the Church of Christ. A hundred percent. Right. 100%. So I was down for the cause. <sighs> I always struggle with that part personally. Why? Why? Because I did join the church because I was seeking spiritual, I won't say purity, but I love the fact that the studies reference the Bible because I was raised in a different religion where they had their alternative interpretation of the Bible. And so I was very like, I wanted this spirituality. And I definitely, I sought to convert people, but there was still always this this kind of tug of war that was going on inside where I just felt like, I mean, <laughs> but it's about, it's still supposed to be about God and conversion, right? 
because otherwise, what are you converting them to? What so are there, you doing that, this there for? was, yeah, it was, it was hard. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's the thing that we all have to kind of um, admit to, you know, we were, we were more about the cause than we were about um, mm-hmm. anything godly. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that makes us bad people for it, but it's just, I'm just stating it as a matter of fact. Yeah. Do you think anybody would be able to disagree with that or argue against that? You know, there's such deep brainwashing that happened. Hmm. I think there probably are current members that would disagree. Do you think their disagreeing would be out of some sort of insecurity, though? Like, it's kind of like putting up a mirror. Like, yo. Yeah, I think it is putting up a mirror. I think once you are to a place where you can admit that that is the truth, Mm -hmm. that's you're on the way out, you know? Yeah. And that's a... Some people, if they're not ready for it, they probably don't want to even no, go there. Not at all. Not at all. What What else did you have there? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that oh my goodness well, means something out to me because I can't. It's funny because even though the cause was conversion, yeah. there was still such an emphasis on sharpness. Well, I mean, they were all about getting sharp people. What else? What else you got? What else you got? I love this. Well, what else you got? <laughs> Because well, I think I think, I think you last, got better you got better ones than I do. No, I think well, my, the last one's not really a quote. It was more that throughout all of the entire journal, yeah, there's so many references to times that she was rebuked by the leader of the church for not addressing him several times. Can we talk that, about that? Yes. What does that mean? I, what does what does that mean though? What does that mean about the person's personality? What does that mean? I mean, you, I feel like, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like, th- does that make you some sort of a narcissist in some way or? Which is a term that's used a lot in 2022. It but is. I, I it is. Think, that's why I'm like, maybe it's not. <laughs> however, however, it certainly seems like it is though. I mean, who <sighs> even notices that though? That's the thing. It's like. On multiple instances, it just seemed as though this person was standing back, just waiting, like, come, you know, come kiss my feet and tell me how great my oh sermon my was. Gosh. You know what I mean? She doesn't say that in her journal, just to but be that's clear. The, but, but that's that the, is the tone. The tone. And the fact that it's repetitive. And on one of the instances, he insisted that she repent, like, and and she's like, I'm so sorry, and basically broke her down until she apologized several times before he was like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's like, what in the world? What's going on? <laughs> what's what's going on? You, you know, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. We interviewed you. Uh, okay. Before the reclamation even began, you and I were, would have these discussions mm-hmm. over the course of years, actually. Oh, yeah. Years. And when we first interviewed you, I asked you the question if you thought it was a cult. Mm-hmm. And I believe at the time you 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 erred on the side of not really a cult. I think I said it was cult-ish. Cult-ish. So if it was yeah. like, a, if we were to do like a scale of like zero to 10, you had it on like a three, maybe a four, maybe Ooh, a I two? Did, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It definitely was airing on the side of not a cult, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now, 80, 90 episodes later, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is 90 episodes way. later, uh, uh, I don't know how many people, 20, 30 people later, mm-hmm. uh, uh, two, three, four documents later, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Nine months later, where are you with that now? Thanks for tuning in to the Reclamation Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard thus far. If you would like information on how to support this program, please check out the Support This Program link located in this episode's description. See you next time.